You know what, Josh? I um, I failed to get into some football talk, so let's do it here. I I don't really know if there is that much to get into on the the recruiting side of things. From what I and Parker's coming up at noon, but from everything I understand about this weekend, a fairly big recruiting weekend on campus for OU. Is that what I'm I'm gauging from Twitter.com right now? And coming up, or at least from a conversation perspective. Yep, yep, sounds like uh, it's a big one. So it's weird. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys, and, and I don't want to get up. See, now, Gunny, you had to show me that Twitter feed that you had, and I'm so bit on the one guy that's like all he talks about is conference and TV deals. <laughs> because, I, you could, bro, you could at least add some softball and NFL draft in there. And now I'm mad at the guy that's like, oh, I don't really like his takes on things. I'm like, what do you mean? I like literally don't have a take on anything. I'm the most neutral dude on the planet. I can tell you you're stupid and block you, but that's really about the only thing I got going for me on that front. Damn you, Gunny. No, anyway. Um, there could be – from tw- <laughs> You know, it's a beautiful case study. It's yeah. – We can't – We have to just accept some criticism because it's the nature of the Always. It's Are you nature, kidding me? And, and we, we dole it out, we dole it out, we dole it out. So it's just the nature of it. But it is funny. It's just human nature. There could be 99 nice things said in that Twitter thread. Sure. And the one or two, two negative <laughs> one or two negative ones, you're like, you son of a. It, I, don't, I don't like Plank's take on things. Well, <laughs> I just went through your Twitter feed, and you're tweeting at chicks all day long. So I'm kind of liking the way that I'm going about things than you are. Oh, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so here's – I've gained an immense amount of respect for not just everyone that, that covers recruiting – but everyone in the recruiting world, like, I don't even know how you can possibly keep tabs on things where we just got through a 23 class, right, that you wrapped up and half of those guys on, are on campus. and Well, more than half of those guys are on campus. And then in that, Josh, you had to evaluate the what was our what was our number? We got the portal update here in a bit. You had to evaluate the uh, 20, let's see, 12 guys you added from the portal and the you know, tons of other offers that were out there, too, potentially. Is it so safe you have to that? say if, if Oklahoma's bringing 12 guys in from the portal, I mean, let's just triple that number, right? At least 36 players out there sure. that, that Oklahoma looked seriously at, right? I mean, is that a, right, is exactly. that a reasonable number? Right, exactly. Exactly. It's a reasonable number, if not more. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking through, let's see. I was looking through Josh McQuistian's feed last night, um, and here is a linebacker, Justin Williams, who who gets an offer, right, uh, out of Oak Ridge football. Very high, high-level linebacker. Um, there was one more that DJ Sanders, big-time defensive tackle, 2025 guy, according to Josh McQuistian, violent hands out of Belleville, Texas. Like, how in the world are you able to be able to do everything that you want recruiting-wise as a coach and see every single prospect that you want, and then at the same time, also, you're in the process of what? Evaluating transfer of board of people, too. Um, here's 2025 running back. See, uh, what is it? Caden Knighton got an offer last night. From uh, Colorado, Oklahoma appears to be on the mix in the mix for him too. 
Who else did I see? Um, Nate Nate Roberts, my guy in Washington, got an offer from Georgia. Again, I this isn't breaking news. This is probably maybe one of those bad takes. But I just I grow in just awe of how with the added necessity of portal additions, and as you said, you know, we see twelve that they've added. Probably that means in upwards of thirty offers were at least out there. Like, how in the world are you able to get that personnel work done and then in that same vein, Josh, truly be able to work with your guys that you have now, too? It's And no – someone had asked, how's, how's so-and-so looking? I think they were asking about Jackson Arnold on the Air Comfort Solutions uh, text line yesterday or Tuesday. So how's he looking? What's Well, they're not practicing yet. They're working out. They're going through Schmitty workouts, but – like, there's no organized workouts, but from everything that I've heard, things are going pretty smoothly for everyone. I haven't dug too much because it's merely workouts. But, Josh, in that same vein, you do – you have some meeting time. You have some time with these guys. Like, literally, at any position, how do you have a spare second I know. to yourself anymore? It's wild. You're going through all of this, and how do you – Focus on the players that you're bringing in or that are already on campus that you get into the, in the development side when you're constantly looking, okay, now transfer portal, now 2024, now 2025 class. Plank, how do you as a human being, and I get it, it's what you signed up for, right? It's what the paycheck is. It's what the job description says. But the burnout, I have to imagine, can get very, very, very real. So it, it takes a special – Special person, right? You have to genuinely love this to keep doing this thing again and again and again. Very true. I would love to hear Bob Stoops talk about some of that. I don't know. Help me shape the phrasing of the question the right way. I mean, how do you how do you enjoy your life? How do you balance all of that, especially now, and how much more challenging maybe would it be even today with the transfer portal just trying to – be again a human being with with all of these work responsibilities and and listen again from a head coach's perspective you make a lot of money you really do from a coordinator's perspective you have a lot uh, yeah and, and in fact that's the very first text that rolls in from the 405 and it's a really good point and I'm and I'm glad I'm glad that this point was made that's why they have a cast of thousands on staff now you know, that's why when people joke about, gosh, what? look at all those people that are on the staff now at Oklahoma. Alabama, what, what do these guys even do? They're looking for players. They're looking for players. And when they see a guy on Twitter that's picked up an offer or two, they're going back if they haven't offered him and they're looking at the tape. Man, I, would, I thought I'm not, I'm not usually about um, getting too carried away and trying to uh, promote a podcast that, lays a bit of a negative light on on any misses that we've had in this fair state. but and, and you know what? It was so good, Josh, we might play it in a little bit. It was so good, I might play it. Annie Staples, Max Olson, and Ari Wasserman were going through just how Nick Saban has done it, right? How Nick Saban has done it. And they started getting into the Josh Jacobs conversation. And how Josh Jacobs, and I know that there, I'm sure there's guys that have covered, oh, yeah, I know McQuishan would probably get mad at me um, and others, but 
they had brought up how Jacobs is one of those great examples of a guy that had kind of slipped through the cracks. And I know Oklahoma was in on him, but Alabama had offered him. And everyone was like, what? Why? And he ends up being, you know, first-round pick. He ends up being part of a – I don't know, did Jacobs ever win a national championship at Alabama? I think he did. But it it goes down as one of the great misses, right, for Oklahoma in recruiting. Now, fair or unfair – Anytime a guy leaves the state of Oklahoma, specifically if you're in, you know, Oklahoma City or in Tulsa, and he doesn't end up at OU, OSU, or TU, and blows up, you're like, oh. If it's for TU, if he ends up somewhere like Cincinnati, or if it's OSU, right? They're they're all in that mix. Josh, you want to? What was our first shirt idea sooner, Lisa? Build the moat, you know, build the moat around Oklahoma. You want to keep the best talent in here, but I mean. You see that happen, so now you're like, all right, we are going to make sure this never happens again, right? So you you got to beef up those who are watching everything in Oklahoma. It's um, – I don't know how you do it. And I don't know how we got here, but the bottom line, more than anything else, it is a big weekend as far as recruiting is concerned for Oklahoma. Now, now one thing I will add, Josh, I'm really excited to see some spring ball. I really am. and And I know where – uh, we're a good, what, month away from truly kicking it off. But I, I think this is going to be a very intriguing spring. I want to see the freshmen. Um, there's some buzz around maybe one or two of these guys who could factor in this year. And I'm excited to see how that plays out. Others are going to need some time, and that's fine. Uh-oh, 580 Nate writes, you're going to open a can of worms, Plank. Here comes the Wes Welker take, I'm guessing, from Kendall. <laughs> Kindle catching Kindle. strays this morning. Catching strays this morning. Um, all right, here's here's what I would say. I think my favorite Wes Welker story, and again, I you know, I might need my man B. Hines to see if he can confirm this for me too, Brian. The rumor is that Wes Welker was sitting in the football offices at the University of Tulsa and basically – Keith Burns told him he was too small to play. He's like, God, sorry, son, I can't. You're too small to play here at Tulsa. Now, again, Josh, whenever things go south, remember last year the the Spencer Rattler stories? Spencer Rattler, I heard he, I heard he kicked a service dog. You know, every all, all of a sudden these things start adding and become folklore about how terrible of a person they are. He, Keith Burns didn't end so well for my man at Tulsa, so maybe there's stories that have grown. But, yeah, it, it wasn't just, you know, OU or OSU that had an opportunity for Wes Welker. What pains you the most is seeing Tulsa that had an opportunity to bring in that guy that, I don't know, Josh, going out on a limb here, might have been a pretty good uh, difference maker at 11th at Harvard. <laughs> there's no doubt. But – when somebody goes somewhere else and obviously winds up being who Wes Welker was, naturally, that's going to be the that's going to be the takeaway that a bunch of people have. Whether or not now, it was probably I mean most people would agree it was a little bit of a reach for Texas Tech. Wound up being a slam dunk. Sure. What about Felix Jones? Writes the nine one eight. Well, and, and again, I want to pause for a moment whenever we do this because I do push back against this a little bit. I do push back against this a little bit because, to me, it's not like Oklahoma didn't have good players that they chose instead, right? I mean, 
while Felix Jones was at Arkansas with McFadden and Hillis, Oklahoma had a pretty good running running back duo as well. But have I told my Felix Jones story on this show before? I think I have. His signing day press conference, Tulsa Public Schools. Hoover remembers it. Hoover was there with me. Felix Jones shows up for his signing day press conference wearing an Oklahoma beanie, like one of the stocking caps, I guess, is what it is. Right. And Hoover and I look at each other, we're like, Oh, this is big. This is huge. And literally looking around, I, I want to say, because John was with the Tulsa World at the time, I want to say we were like the only people. There. I, there, there were some TV people there too. But just from, there wasn't a lot of people there. Because it was kind of considered a slam dunk that he was going to uh, to Arkansas, right? There wasn't going to be too much drama there. And and when I asked Felix, I'm like, well, well why are you wearing the uh, why are you wearing the Oklahoma beanie if you're still signing with Arkansas? And his response was, because I was cold. <laughs> Which might be one of the okay. greatest responses ever. <laughs> I, I didn't really have a response for him at that. I'm like. Thanks, Felix. I wish you best of luck in your game. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, to, to the portal news here real quick. Then we'll get to our conversation involving uh, Patrick Mahomes. We have put another player in red. We have painted Bryson Washington red, who yesterday announced his commitment on Twitter to New Mexico. Now, Josh, this would – Obviously, close the book on his time at Oklahoma, and I will say we'll always have the game against Western Carolina, where Bryson Washington had an interception. He always seemed to be the hit of spring games, but for for some reason, just never a guy that was able truly to find his spot on the field was he just never able to crack that rotation. When you would think you had several opportunities from. You know, one coaching staff with Alex Grinch to a second with Brent Venables and, and Ted Roof running that defense. Just a guy who unfortunately could never find a spot, and then in that, maybe not good enough to break through, unlike what we thought when he came on campus. I mean, that's that's got to be the case, right? Obviously, uh, such high expectations, blue-chip kid, and for whatever reason, was there, right? Seemingly within shouting distance, Sure, never – really found his way into the into the mix. He was a four-star recruit when he signed. Um, was the 173rd player in the country. Uh, he had offers from Alabama and Texas. He was the number 28 prospect in Texas and was an early enrollee in 2020. He played special teams. All of 2021, had a redshirt season in 2020, and then was, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I don't even remember him getting on the field in 2022. I think he played in the opener, and that might have been it. I don't remember him being on trips. So, Bryson Washington um, finds himself a new home. It's in New Mexico. So, to just get you up to date, and I put this out on my Twitter feed. It's what uh, I've made as a, a Google Doc. So, I, I mean, I don't know how to share it, but if you guys want to jump on board, feel free to. Um, 
but of the 20 players in the portal for Oklahoma. Here's what I have in most recent order to places they've landed. Bryson Washington to New Mexico. David Aguebu to Houston. Joshua Ellison to Memphis. Nick Evers to Wisconsin, who then Wisconsin uh, who Wisconsin went ahead and added Tanner Mordecai, who transferred in from SMU, and they went out and got one of the top quarterbacks in the country. So that hill is a tough one to climb for Nick Evers and Madison. Theo Wees to Missouri. Cedric Roberts to Texas State. Kendall Dennis to USF. Joshua Eaton to Texas State. And again, I feel like I bring this up every time. For Joseph Wete, Josh, my understanding is that he's just done with football. Yeah, which good for him making that decision for for himself if, uh, you know, health situation there or just just done with it, right? You know, wish him the best yeah. for whatever comes next. Um, which means – all right, of, someone had tweeted that Ralph Rucker had, had mentioned that he was going to play somewhere like Richmond. I can't find that anywhere. But of the, of the players still in the portal, which one of these surprises you the most that they haven't found a new home? Keep in mind, Micah Bowens just went in this past week. He was the latest addition. Micah Bowens, Marcus Anderson, Jackson Sumlin, Trayvon West, Brian Darby, Kevontae Henry, Ralph Rucker, Bray Walker, Alton Tarber, and Jordan Mukes. Any of those really surprise you that they haven't found a spot yet? Probably Kevontae Henry and Alton Tarber a little bit, just because they're younger defensive players up front. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, I saw someone mention, wow, why can't Tarber – just potentially come back. Is that even an opportunity? Where Stoops bros at when I need him? Because you would imagine that Oklahoma's left a few scallies open for the potential of additions after May. And, you know, you kind of take inventory where, I mean, heaven forbid you have an injury, right? Let's say one of the grad transfers comes in and you thought this guy's going to be a factor for us. We're bringing him in as a grad transfer because he's going to be uh, he's going to be an edge rusher for us. He's going to be an outside guy. He's going to, we're going to use him a lot. And then if he gets hurt, well, you might find yourself looking for another guy at the edge in, or maybe if it's in the interior in the portal. So I don't know what the total number, Josh, of – I don't know what the total number of people – that are currently on scholarship. Some people have pointed out, ah, some of those people in the portal are non-scholarship. I'm like, yeah, that, that's that's the point. This is the whole list. When you look at a roster, this is all the guys who have told you, not just what the on-threes and others will say, here's who's in the portal, because, I mean, there's some non-scholarship guys that are in there, and maybe they're wanting to get a scholarship offer somewhere. But, I mean, I would imagine that Oklahoma has a few scholars still available for after the spring, right? What about – for signing day, is there any name to keep an eye on or a couple to keep an eye on? Yeah, you know what? That's a great question. I don't think so. I don't think so. But if if there was, I mean, wouldn't it kind of be like an out-of-the-blue guy? It would have to be, yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like there's any buzz out there for that. None. And, oh, by the way, that's next week. <laughs> right. The second signing day is February 1st. You know what? Let me text Travis or Parker during the break because I don't think there is. 
But, you know, again, you just – we've been surprised before. Next thing you know, Josh, you're at a signing day press conference, and all of a sudden Felix Jones comes walking in in an OU hoodie. Stop it. That you sounds amazing. You never know Hey, <laughs> just real quick, I know we got a break. You sit me down this rabbit hole. So Josh Go Jacobs, ahead. a 2016 right. signee for Alabama. Do you know the uh, running back that signed with Oklahoma in that class? Hold on, hold on. Okay, I got to think. So 20 – and what was the signing class again? It was 2016. Okay. So the 16 class, that would be in the middle of me doing sidelines, so I should know this. Was it – oh, who's the guy that had the 99-yard run against Baylor and then had the fumbling problem and ended up at Syracuse? Abdul Adams. Yes! Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's who it is. Oh, my gosh! Okay, and listen to this. Amanda thinks I'm a crazy person. Well, she's right. 2015, <laughs> 2015, Rodney Anderson signed, and in 17, Sermon and Kennedy Brooks. Ah, so you, I think you did okay. But I'd, I'd take Josh Jacobs over Abdul Adams. <laughs> well, right. What? Is, is that part of the reason why people – Revolt against Jay Bulware so much, so because I know Jay just got a. He's at Kentucky, I believe. He took a couple years off. I like Jay. I I mean, Coach Bulware was such a no nonsense dude. I I thoroughly enjoyed him. And then he would crack a joke, and I'm like, ah, oh, oh, look who is this guy? But dude, I mean, if you were to mention that to some, and I'm being serious here. If you were to mention that to some, they're like, oh, he cost us Trey Sermon, and he didn't recruit this guy, and we lost this guy. I mean, I, I, did, I, I like, walked into a blender. And, listen, more often than not, that's kind of how people feel about most assistants, it seems. Like, it blew my mind. But I didn't realize there was such a backlash against Jay Bulware like there is in the – message board slash recruiting world for Oklahoma Sooner fans. I thought he had kind of done a pretty good job. But that is a fairly significant miss, right, Josh? And, again, I know Oklahoma had been on Josh Jacobs. Maybe it just wasn't to the degree that Josh wanted. As I'm learning here and watching the process of the Raiders trying to recruit Josh Jacobs to stick around, seems like he's a guy who really seems to know what he wants. And I think it's fair to say that – well, right. It, it's fair. It's fair to say that in-state kids expect in-state programs to really, really put a premium on their recruitment. Alabama could have recruited Josh Jacobs, and not even because of who Alabama is and Nick Saban and what they've accomplished. Right? Alabama could have recruited mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs less and had more of his attention because the expectation relative to, sure. oh, wow, Alabama's coming in and they offered me. They're putting a, a premium and an emphasis on my recruitment. When meanwhile, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Tulsa, whoever, it's, well, why haven't they offered me? Why aren't they looking my direction? Because they're right here. They're right down the street. They should know me. They should know about me. They should be looking my direction. I think that we, you know, recruits probably feel that way throughout the recruiting process as it pertains to in-state schools. All right, so uh, as always, the Air Comfort Solutions text line has our back. Taylor Heim, a three-star kid out of um, Bethany, is in this week, and that could be one more addition to the 23 class. And by the way, I will say 
the preferred walk-on list is maybe something that I need to start grinding on tonight, Josh, because I feel like those PWOs for 23 are a little bit more massive than maybe even I realized, especially after going through some of them last night. All right, uh, when we come back, boy, we're really behind. When we come back, little Patrick Mahomes talk next on The Ref. All right, welcome back, in, uh, welcome back into The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Man, we got uh, we got a busy 11 o'clock hour coming up. Joey Helmer is going to join us. The um, hey, hey, can, can we throw a couple of quarterback questions in here real quick before we go to break? Wait, before we go to break, what am I talking about? Before we uh, move on to some <laughs> Mahomes talk next segment. We can, yes, before we break. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. We'll be right back. Um... This, my man Quinn asks a very good question uh, off the super secret texto so line. Quinn writes, I've got a serious question. Why the hell didn't Spencer Sanders go to Florida? <laughs> I I don't know why Spencer Sanders didn't go to Auburn. I mean, it's it, according to what's out there, Auburn really wanted him, and he still chose a quarterback room that was jacked. My words. Florida, on the other hand, you know, you just had the mess with the Jaden Rashada kid, who I guess now is in the target of of TCU trying to make something happen there. But with Anthony Richardson graduating, you have, what, um, Jack Miller. I don't think Kyle Engel got in the portal. Could be wrong. They got the the redshirt freshman Max Brown. Yeah, that's – that would be a good spot to go to try to play. I'm not going to lie, Josh. I have spent way too much time trying to figure out why Spencer Sanders ended up at Ole Miss. Unless, unless Lane Kiffin was just done with Jackson Dart and he brings in Spencer Sanders to compete with him, kind of like the Mariota – boy, we could really go down a rabbit hole here. Kind of like the Mariota Tannehill, Mariota Derek Carr, you know, where you bring a guy in uh, and he's supposed to compete a little bit. And like in the case of, of Tannehill Mariota, the starter kind of fades a little bit and the backup steps up. And in the case of Mariota Carr, not just because I'm a car homer, it inspires a guy who plays his best season maybe ever. So it's a good question. I don't know, man. I've had a hard time trying to figure out exactly what would be the process unless it's, hey, Jackson, great run. Um, I, if you're graduated, you can get in the portal and be eligible somewhere else immediately. If not, you know, we'd love to keep you around, but you're not going to start. And it's going to be Spencer Sanders' team, and we're preparing Walker Howard for the future. Spencer, It's take been a, a weird dynamic. Spencer, take a seat. I've got a list here. We're going to go through this. This is the greatest party schools in America. Now, what you'll find, <laughs> the Grove is right near the top. I know that you think Stillwater's pretty neat, but the Grove is pretty fantastic. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe that's what we're dealing with, Josh. Maybe it is simply, simply a situation that he's going to go enjoy his final year. I, I will lie, I was kind of surprised that you didn't see that you didn't see it 
become a little bit more about, hey, he might do some other things, right? Or even in that, I was kind of surprised to see that he didn't just jump to the, the NFL. But great question, Quinn. I've had, the, I've had the hardest time with that one, to be honest with you. Well, and, and clearly, here's the, other I mean, the, sales, oh, the sales job from Kiffin had to have just been out of this world. I mean, he, he's got to feel Sanders like he's pro- the probable starter or just if right. he wins the gig, look what I can do for you. Because right. it is curious in in the realm of transfer portal decisions, this is a weird one. Here, here's another really good question, and I think it's fair to ask. It's from the four hundred five on the news of Micah Bowens entering the portal earlier this week. Why did Micah Bowens never get a chance, but Davis Bevel did? I, listen, you're not going to like this answer, but Davis Bevel just might have been better. I don't know how that's possible after what we saw at OU Texas. Um, and I know all of us have this idea, and I'm with you, so you're not alone. Uh, well, just let Micah Bowens at least go out there and run around. <laughs> but, you know, we've had this conversation about Micah quite a bit, and it's not meant to be negative. But whenever you're a station that's dedicated to 24-7, 365 Oklahoma Sooner talk and a lot of football talk in that, you're going to overanalyze things like this. It's kind of what we're here for. It's kind of what we do. And I, I don't want to say anything that sounds like it bashes the kid, but maybe it just wasn't good enough because that was a coaching staff at Penn State, two different coaching staffs at Oklahoma, and the only time I saw the guy step on the field was the spring game. That's not to mean anything negative towards Micah Bones. Maybe he ends up somewhere like Texas State or like Tulsa or um, – South Florida, USF, tends to be a pretty popular destination for for transfers right now. And maybe he lights it up and we're like, oh, man, look what we missed. But I just – to me, Josh, you're looking at three different offensive coordinators at basically you know two different schools and three different regimes that he wasn't able to get on the field. So either there was a disconnect in practice. Maybe he, maybe he had an injury. You know, maybe – and I'm sure – Micah Bowens would be more than happy to tell you about that. Maybe he was dinged up and he wasn't able to get the reps. Maybe there was a, a an issue with class. I don't know. But you would think, based on the idea of what we thought he could be, Josh, it would be a guy that could have helped the Sooners, even if it was in specialty packages running the football. You would think. I mean, look, it felt like coming out of the Cotton Bowl that – well, why wasn't this option? Why wasn't that option <laughs> right. on the table? Why wasn't any other option on the table? And so, I, I don't know. I, there's not really – without having more information or having seen Micah Bowen's play outside of a spring game, it's, it's an unanswerable question for people that aren't directly involved with the program. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, was, was it so. just that they felt more comfortable, that Bevel knew what they wanted to get accomplished out of the playbook? I have no idea. You know, it's there was a great question. Question for you before I go down this rabbit hole, Josh. And maybe I maybe you think about it during the break because we fell behind. It's ten thirty six. We're due a break. We're at Cavens on a Thursday. Do you believe in gamers? In other words, not dudes that sit around and play video games all day long. But do you believe in guys and gals that maybe don't practice well, but when the lights come on Game time, baby. They're ready to go. I do. Let's, I, see, I do too. Jeff Levy does not. 
So we'll talk about that next. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. This is The Ref. I don't know how we ended up in this recruiting rabbit hole, but I love it. Not complaining. Allergies are killing me today. One week after, I mean literally one week to the day after I gave my pompous, arrogant, here's what you need to do to fix your allergies, Joey Helmer. We're live at Cavens on a Thursday, 405-573-3048, CavensConstruction.com. All right, we'd asked the question leading into the break, and I and I feel like we're both kind of on the same page. There had been questions about, you know, Micah Bowen. Someone hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Plank, stop dancing. Sometimes you're just not good enough. Now that's that's a fair point. Um, it wasn't good enough to get on the field. And for some people, that's hard for them to accept because they may have seen him, like you said, Josh, in a spring game, or they may have seen a highlight of him in high school. And you're like, well, he's good enough to do that. Navis Bevel couldn't do that, right? We all do. But maybe he's just not good in practice. And if there is one thing that we've learned, if there is one thing that we've learned, and this, by the way, has been the case for what day did what day did Bob Stoops come on campus? You're not going to play unless you practice well. It's just you're not going to practice like crap and find yourself out there on game day. And that's not to say that you can't be a gamer and someone that maybe doesn't have a great week in practice but is incredible on game day. I mean, you guys ask Teddy. He's got a laundry list of guys that would practice like crap hated practice, but then all of a sudden on game day, it's like, there they are. But there's also more guys that you complain about, man, I, he needs to play more than just practice like crap, and it shows. So there's not that philosophy, or at the very least when the question was asked, maybe it was a, maybe it was a, a bit of a frustrating time because, I mean, Jeff Levy made it clear, Josh, he's not one of those believers in the philosophy that if you practice like crap, you're suddenly magically going to be great and get it all on game day. Well, and it makes sense. It makes sense if, uh, I mean, any walk of life, if in the trial right. run you're terrible, probably I'm not super confident that when we have uh, our, big, our big spring blowout that I'm putting you behind the cash register. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> a little bit. The 405 asks, is Davis Bevel coming back for another season? Yeah, he is. Um, and I think that that gives, like, that extra layer of depth in that quarterback room. I, I know. I know that there might be some that say, well, why didn't we get another quarterback in the portal? Well, because you have Dylan Gabriel coming back. You have Jackson Arnold coming in. And you – well, at the time, had Micah Bowens and Ralph Rucker in there along with Davis Bevel, and you have a Davis Bevel in that mix too. Um, I feel like there's a couple of quarterbacks even now that I'm still missing that are on the roster. I mean, they they had like six quarterbacks on the damn roster last year. So uh, I'm not saying that this was the case that you were bringing up, but quarterbacks aren't transferring places to be backups. But – you still got General Booty in that room. You got Davis Bevel. You got Dylan Gabriel, and you got the freshman. Jackson Arnold. You got four guys. Maybe they want to add an extra arm for uh, camp. I don't know. 
But last year, that room had Rucker, Booty, Bevel, Gabriel, Evers, and Bowens. It had six guys in it. Evers is off to Wisconsin. Bowens, we'll see. Uh, Ralph Rucker is is out, too. Feel good about one, two. You hope you don't have to end up getting to three. Because not everyone, Josh, has a rookie of the year candidate waiting as their third-string quarterback like the San Francisco 49ers did. Just not reality. And uh, one more here. Jim in Arlington writes, we're talking about practice. Yeah, it's um, it's very true. We are talking about practice. Uh, but I do like this. This is a fair point. Then what's the philosophy, boys, if you're terrible in the game and continue to put it back on the field then? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good explanation for you on that. I hear what you're saying. My arms are thrown up. I know you can't hear that on the air. I don't know. Outside of, listen, if hey guys, if we want to sit here and fight over the third-string quarterback at Oklahoma, we can do it. Kind of what this station is about a little bit. But to me, we're treading water. We really are. Who cares? And if it gets to that point, then you don't practice getting being bleeped, and that's what Oklahoma would be in that situation. So we can get mad about 49-zip all we want. And the week before, all we want, still holding against someone. But to me, I think it's one of those moments where, hey, Micah Bones has moved on, never was going to factor in here. Oklahoma, Jeff Levy feel really good about their quarterback room. And it's four deep right now. And that's about as as good as you want. Maybe you have a walk-on that uh, is a fifth guy, if necessary, but yeah, I feel pretty good about where Oklahoma is quarterback room-wise. And I am eagerly anticipating what things are going to look like whenever Jackson Arnold takes the field in the spring ball. I can't wait to see it. All right, I've been promising all hour. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes next. Joey Helmer, right around the corner. We're at Cavens on a Thursday with the ref. Hey, if you missed JT Gasso from earlier today, it's on the podcast page. A lot of really good text messages on this show. All right. Uh, and you can hear them all as we read them and take your calls at 405-329-9000. Here, here's an interesting note as Joey Helmer gets set to join us from OUinsider.com. We are on location today at Cavens Construction. You name it, they've got you covered when it comes to roofing, commercial maintenance, water remediation, mold. They've got you covered. CavensConstruction.com or 405-573-3048. Josh? The Chiefs' number has moved again. Maybe it was because Patrick Mahomes said this. It's doing good. You know, I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out uh, and uh, see where I'm at. But uh, it's feeling good so far. Here's what Andy Reid had to say. There are no injuries to <clears throat> talk about. Everybody's going to practice today. So. <clears throat> yeah, no, he, um, he'll practice. He did the walkthrough this morning. And, He'll practice this afternoon. One more from one Patrick Mahomes. So the last one, uh, it was the leg that I landed on, so I had to find ways to throw where I could land and keep it in the right spot. And this time I'll have to find ways to be able to push off and be able to still make the throws the right way. So uh, definitely uh, similar in a sense, but obviously different limitations and stuff that I'll have to work through. So this line opened with the Chiefs as a point-and-a-half favorite. It moved to the Chiefs as as high as a two-and-a-half-point dog on Tuesday. And by today, the Chiefs are back as a one-point favorite. 
27% of the bets and 21% of the money is on Kansas City to cover at BetMGM, Josh. Ha, ha, how we feeling? Only 27%? Only 27%. So still a large chunk in favor of Cincinnati out there. I feel pretty good about it. You know, I, if you had asked me immediately after the win over Jacksonville, it didn't feel very good about the health status of Mahomes, but it feels like this has trended in a good direction. It feels like he's going to be okay. Now, is he going to be 100%? No, I don't think so, but I don't think he's going to be 50%. Right. I agree. There's one other interesting note for those of you who tend to follow what the lines and what the trends are saying. Joe Ostrowski not to be confused with the great Jerry Ostrowski, nor is there any relationship. He works over at BetQL Daily. He reports that two prop bets have been taken off the board, and these have nothing to do with the games this weekend, but everything to do with an offseason storyline. Aaron Rodgers' next team taken off the board. Why? Many people think it's the Jets. Jets hiring Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. The other prop bet that's been taken off the board, or I guess maybe that would just be a bet in general, the Colts' next head coach. So there is a chance that by the time this show ends today, we could end up knowing who the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts will be. Now, literally, they've interviewed 8,000 people. So at some point, at some point, the Colts need to make a decision. And apparently, apparently, Josh, a lot of people are leaning towards Jeff Saturday getting that job full-time. We'll talk about them more in the top five stories of the day right here on The Ref.